This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Sister Gertrude, for reminding us that there's nothing too hard for the Lord, Pastor. You know, Pastor, um, on Wednesday afternoon, it was morning for you, I, I, I called you and let you know that I would be here this morning. And I assured you that I would be here today and I am here today. But what you didn't know is that after I called you and I went to the airport to check in on my flight, I only had a reservation but no tickets. <laughs> that was Wednesday. And for me to be here today, I had to leave Kenya on Wednesday. So I would have gotten here on Thursday night. So it happened that I was there, but there was no ticket for me, only a reservation. And um, we spent some time arguing back and forth. Um, and um, by the time we argued on the phone, the, fi- the flight was closed. So I couldn't make it on Wednesday evening. And so I get back to the airport on Thursday evening, and they said to me, you missed your flight yesterday, so there's no reservation for you. <laughs> I said to them, you don't understand. I will be in Florida on Saturday morning because I have to preach on Sabbath. And there's no excuse. The lady says, sir, we are sorry, but there is no reservation for you. You missed your flight yesterday. And so while we were talking, you know, everything is online on the phone. And so we were talking, and the lady at the counter overheard the conversation. And she said to me, Pastor, hang up the phone. I'm going to do you an upgrade to business class. (laughs) Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Now, now, before she told me that, the lady on the phone said, Sir, you will have to purchase a ticket to get on the flight this evening. I said, How much is the ticket? She said, 4,800 US dollars. I said, I have a ticket already. I don't need to purchase an next one. And the lady at the counter says, sir, I'm going to do an upgrade. I said, how much is that? She said, 150 US dollars. Is there anything to add for my God? And so my flight took off yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Friday morning, I left Kenya. I left Kenya minutes to one yesterday morning. And I landed in Fort Lauderdale at 6.40 p.m. yesterday. And so I can attest to the fact that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. When the Lord wants to bring you back in first class, don't settle for second class. Mm Yes. Yes. You want to bring you back in class. Yes, business class, business class. Because you're on business for the king, amen? Amen. And so two years ago, two years ago, Pastor, I decided that, um, well, most of the elders know that I became uncomfortable not doing ministry the way I love ministry. And so I decided two years ago to pull up roots and move to Kenya. And so I landed in Kenya in May of 2021. And it has been a tremendous blessing. Ministry has been so good. And I'm going to show you a few of what we have been doing in Kenya before we go into our message today. I just want you to see what we have been doing in Kenya for the past two years. 
Okay, so when I got to Kenya, I'm going to briefly share you with you. I had to quickly form a, a, an organization, a nonprofit society, to be able to do ministry in Kenya. And so God has been so good. It took us about three months to get everything up and running, and it has been a tremendous blessing. And we have been doing several projects, which we're going to be showing you next. Um, in, in last year, Pastor, we did a very successful online um, prophecy reveal study. We had several pastors, Pastor Sean O'Connor, Elder Glendon, Delissa, quite a few pastors were on on Friday night. It was geared towards college and university students and um, Pentecostal pastor. It ran from February last year until December. It was a tremendous success. You can see there I got involved in farming. That is one of our crusade planning committee that we had there um, last year. December last year, we did a baptism into, a, into an era that had no Adventist presence. And we were able to baptize 75. We are up now to 100. So we have a little church in a little tent now with over 100. And the good thing about it is, the very good thing about it is, they are all young people. Young people under 30. Young people, growing church. That's one of our uh, meetings there that we're having. Um, so that was December last year. This year, we just finished a crusade, Pastor. We baptized another 70, and we are starting another mission. Uh, just last month, we had a medical camp. We have doctors from the United States that come and visit with us, and we were able to do um, health care for three days. Um, I was right, those of you who identify me didn't know that I did um, a little tailoring. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I did tailoring. I grew up with my grandmother, and my grandmother was a very good seamstress, so I learned from there. Okay, that's, um, that's one of our, our computer class that we are training kids out in computer. They are not as um, advanced in computer technology as we are here in the United States. They are behind many, many, many years. But we are working with them. This, that's one of our baptism that we had um, a couple of years ago. And so we are spreading the gospel in Kenya. We are, we are involved in a lot of farming projects because we realize that the Bible says, Jesus says that after the war, there was what? Farming. Mm -hmm. Read Matthew 24. Jesus says after war, there is going to become what? Farming. So we decide that we need to be able to feed ourselves. That's our Pathfinder group there that we have been training and um, practicing for a while. Um, they are new to Pathfinder, but we get them in the uniform anyhow so that they can feel a part of the body of Christ, very actively involved. Um, that's, I was doing some construction. A lot of you don't know I'm a, I'm a, I did construction for many years. So I, I'm an all-round um, construction. Uh, amen. Amen. <laughs> so that's what we have been doing for the past um, two years in Kenya. And that's what we are continuing to do. We are going to be having a huge evangelistic outreach in September, starting September, Pastor. I sent out the invitation. The, um, the um, union in Africa, they are doing an all, all, all nation evangelistic outreach in all the major towns. I think we have, um, Mark Finley will be doing Nairobi, but we have an evangelistic, so I'm going back for that. We have two centers that I will be conducting crusades. Just pray for us as we spread the gospel. There are a lot of areas that have not heard about the word of God, that don't know who Jesus is. There are a lot of areas that are very deep in um, spiritism, very, very deep in spiritism, and that's why it's so important for us to go out and do what the Lord requires of us. And so this morning, this morning, as I start my brief message, and I'm going to be brief, because when we stand up to preach pastor in Kenya, you need to have a message that's going to last for three hours. Amen? Okay, this side say amen. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. So I, I promise you that I will try not to do three hours. 
Yes, oh my God, I won't do that to you. <laughs> but the good part about it, they will sit for three hours and nobody move. Nobody move. They sit for three hours. But it would be unfair to you, Pastor. It would be unfair to you, members that are joining us online, and I want to bring you greetings from Pastor Undeek, one of the board of directors. He just called me to ask me to give greetings to him. He's watching us live online. Um, our president for the, for, for the conference, West Kenya Conference, Pastor Bai, they are joining us. And my little church there in Kuiwa, they are all joining us online now. So I just want to greet them and bring you greetings from them. Yes, 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 yes. So as I start my presentation, I want to let you know that I, I, I have traveled over 8,000 miles to come here to preach for 30 minutes. <laughs> amen? Amen, 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 amen. <laughs> As you have seen from the pictures there that we show you, we have a lot of people in Kenya, in Africa, in Haiti, all over the world that are in need of Jesus. They are in need of the love of Jesus. And I want to remind you as we go into our message that the only Jesus that some people will see are you and I. And so the gospel is a living word. It's not what we say up here. Because we just need to put noun to pronoun, adjectives, adverbs, and words together, and then we say. But it's not something you say when you get out there amongst people. It's something you want do. You know, when I was a child growing up, we used to have a little book, Pastor. I don't know if you know that little book. It's called Go and Do. Go and Do? You remember that little book? Oh, you're a new Pastor Adventist, Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> but back in my days, we had Go and Do. So you come to church on Sabbath and you go and do throughout the rest of the week. Go and be a Christian. I can say um, Elder Halix nodding his head. He remember those little books. We had to go and do. And so I'm here this morning to share with you from the pictures that you have seen that you are my brother. You are my brothers. You are my what? Sisters. I want you to bear that in mind. We are all related inside here. We are all related. Because we are covered by what? One blood. One blood. And that is the blood of what? Jesus. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. And that makes us brothers and sisters. One Lord, the, 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 the Sabbath school lesson reminds us this morning, this week. One Lord, one faith. One baptism. So we are all one in the sight of God. And having said that, if we are one, then we are one Father. One Father. And nothing for those of you who are parents and those of you who want to be parents and those of you who are going to be parents soon, there's nothing that hurts the art of a parent as much as when children are not talking to each other, when siblings are not communicating, when siblings are not getting along. Parents might not say it, but it grieves them silently when they know that the children they have, Elder Alex, are not talking to each other. It hurts. As a father, I can tell you that it hurts. And we do everything within our power to have our children to communicate with each other. And it's okay, children, for you as siblings to talk, to talk, and keep things from your parents. It's okay, you can have secrets. But you must talk. Siblings must talk. And so, can you imagine if it hurts us so much, how much it must hurt the heart of God? when we as his children are not talking. 
when we as his children are not showing love for one another. And so against that background, I want to talk with you from the book of Genesis, a statement that was made. And it's found in Genesis chapter 43, 44 and verse 23. Genesis 44 and 23. And it says that, my topic rather is, how can we go home to our father if our youngest brother is not with us? How can we go home to our father unless our youngest brother go with us? And so I want to begin my brief message today to look at the statement that was made. I want to talk with you, Plantation Church. I want to talk with you folks who are online that it's difficult to go home at a family gathering when siblings are not talking. It's difficult to go home. And so we are going to be looking at that topic today. In Genesis 44, starting at verse 18, the Bible says, the Bible says, then Judah, Judah, Judah came near to him and said, O oh my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's hearing and do not let your anger burn against your servants, for thou art even as Pharaoh. Here we find Judah addressing his brother, unknowing to him that he is talking to his brother. We know the story that he is talking to his brother, who? Joseph. Who is Joseph? Joseph is now the governor in charge of where? Egypt. The mightiest nation on earth at the time. And so Jacob is, uh, Judah is reminding Jacob, um, Judah is reminding Joseph what Joseph said to him. And so we find as the story gets along, as we find the story get along, the story is all about mercy. The story is all about forgiveness. And I use that this morning because too often we refuse to practice forgiveness and mercy. And if we are going to be children of the Most High God, waiting for the second coming of God, prepared to see Jesus, we must practice forgiveness. Amen. Amen? Amen? Okay. And I'm here to share with you that justice, justice says no so many times. Don't do it. But when justice starts, mercy takes over. Mercy takes over. And so as we look at mercy and justice this morning, I want you to ponder on the question that was asked. How can we go home if our youngest brother is not with us? Eyes bows, eyes closed, head bows everywhere. We're praying. Father, we come into your holy presence. We pray, O oh God, that you will speak a word now. As your children gather before you, we pray, O oh God, that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, O oh God, in your sight. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so this morning, the Bible clearly states, as it shares this incredible story, the story of the final episode of Joseph testing his brothers. The Bible, when you read it, is a very interesting book. Very interesting in book. When you read this story, it states that Joseph framed his brother, Benjamin. Benjamin was his young brother a brother from his own mother. And he framed Benjamin for an imaginary crime 
and he claimed Benjamin as a prisoner in recompense for the crime. When you look at the last verse of Genesis 43, it says, Joseph selected and sent portions to them from his own plate, but Benjamin, his brother, his portion was five times as much as any of the other brothers. The Bible went on to say they fasted, they feasted, and they drank freely, and they celebrated with him. So they had a feast. They had a party. They had a celebration. They had a good time. They were with the governor. Big position. And so they had a banquet. But I want you to watch how verse, first verse of 44 begins. I want you to watch what happens. Immediately after the party, immediately after they had good time, immediately after the fun was finished, Joseph commanded what? His stewards. The stewards of his house. And it says what? Fill the men what? Stacks with food as much as they can carry and put every man grain money in the mouth of his sack. Now look at the next verse. Now he said, put my personal cup, not just my personal cup, but a special cup. Which cup? The silver cup. Put my cup in the mouth of the sack of the youngest brother with his grain money. And the steward did exactly as Joseph had commanded. And as soon as daylight and men were sent away with their donkeys. And so they were on their way. And I want you to enlarge your imagination. I want you to see these young men. They were leaving the palace not knowing what was going to happen next. So they were happy. They were rejoicing. Yes, they were rejoicing not to know that they had what? Feasted with the governor. I can just imagine the excitement going home now to give the story to their father. Man, we, we, we feasted with the governor. But little did they know, little did they know, that the excitement would be short-lived. Short-lived. Because when they had just left the city and they were on their way, Joseph told his steward to go and search the men and whoever sadly found his silver cup with him, then he should bring him as a what? As a prisoner. Mm-hmm. And so the steward overtook the men. And after he overtook the men, he said the words that Joseph commanded. And Judah stood up and Judah said, Why should we do such things? Far be it from your servant to do such thing. Please remember. You remember the first time when they came? Their money was returned with them. And they brought back the money. And so Judah now is reminding the steward that why would we steal a silver cup? We brought back your money the last time. We are honest men. We are honest men. And so they said, whoever the silver cup is found with, let him be what? The slave. Let him be the slave. And so the stewards agreed. A deal is a deal. Okay. A deal is a deal. And so the stewards searched and they found the cup in where? Benjamin's sack. Mm-hmm. They, found the, they found the cup in Benjamin's sack. In verse 17, when Joseph demanded that the brothers return home to Jacob without Benjamin, Judah emerged as the group's spokesperson. Mm -hmm. Judah decided to take it up on, him on his personal self to be spokesman for the group. So I want to look at Judah for a little while. Who 
is Judah. Who was this Judah that decided to be the attorney, the advocate for his brothers? Who was Judah? The Bible says, the Bible says about Judah that in Genesis 38, Genesis 38, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says that Judah break relationship, break faith with his family. And I want to use Judah because a lot of times we find ourselves into situations similar to Judah. Judah, Judah became an outcast in his family because he went and he married a what? A Canaanite. Mm -hmm. He went outside the church, pastor. It, it doesn't happen in, 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 in America, but in Kenya, if an Adventist marry a woman who is not an Adventist, it's called an illegal marriage. Yes, it's called an illegal marriage. And so that member is, is um, automatically disfellowshipped from the church and he's not allowed to take any part because his marriage is considered illegal. Mm -hmm. And so here we find the Bible said Judah had an illegal marriage. Yes, because he married to a woman who was a Canaanite. And, and, and that's Judah. That's Judah. And so in Genesis 38, it said, Now at that time Judah left his brother and went down to stay with a certain Adulamite named Ira. And Judah saw a daughter of Shua, a Canaanite, and he took her as his wife and he lived there. That was Judah. But who is Judah? Judah raised such wicked sons. Yes. Judah raised such wicked sons in Genesis 38, verse 7 and 10, that the Lord had to put two of them to what? To death. It's good to see you, Sister Miller. The Lord had to put two of them to death. In verse 24 of, Ju uh, of Genesis 38, not only that, but Judah treated his daughter-in-law as a prostitute. Mm -hmm. It's all in the Bible. You can read it. And starting in verse 13, when Judah saw her, he thought she was a temple prostitute because she had covered her face as such women did. And so he turned to her by the road and said, Please come and let me lie with you, for he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. That's Judah. We're talking about Judah. We are also reminded in Genesis 37 that Judah was the one who orchestrated the sale of Joseph. Yes. Judah was the one who drafted the plan to sell Joseph, his own brother, as a slave. In verse 26 and verse 27, the Bible says, Then said to it, Judah said to his brother, What do we gain if we kill our brother and cover his blood? Come, let us instead sell him to the Ishmaelite, not lay our hands on him because he is our brother. And so his brothers listened to him. His brothers listened to him. And so his brothers listened to him. Then they were willing to what? To listen to him again. So in this message today, we find that in this story, it showed that Judah was now a changed man. A changed man. We see here that Judah is now exhibiting compassion. Mm -hmm. Compassion in telling the families heart-wrenching experience of starvation. And so Judah is sharing of his father's undying love for Benjamin and of Judah's own promise to his father that he would bring Benjamin back home again. 
Judah in making his case. He's sharing his case as a good attorney does. That his father would literally die from grief if Benjamin, his youngest son, does not return home. And then in an ultimate expression of compassion, Judah offered himself as a substitute in place of Benjamin. So Judah said, what can we say to my Lord? What can we reply to my Lord? In other words, how can we clear ourselves since God has exposed the sins and the guilt of your servant? This is a deep message if we should go back, but I don't have the time to go back into Judah's sin and guilt. But he was speaking from his heart. Or how can we clear ourselves? Behold, we are my Lord's slave, the rest of us as well as the child in whose sack you found the cup. We are all your slaves. And so Judah, he approached the governor and he called the governor for a sidebar. Those of you who are attorney know what a sidebar is. It's a private meeting with the judge and the attorney that they don't want the jury, the jury, ju, jury to hear. Just a meeting, Pastor, with the judge and the advocate. And so this is what Judah approached and called for a sidebar. He says, Oh, my Lord, please let your servant say a word to you in private. Do not let your anger blaze against your servant, for you are equal to Pharaoh the king. You, my Lord, you ask, have you a father or a brother? We said we have. And so we told him that we cannot bring Benjamin. But you said if we don't bring Benjamin, we will never see your face again. So, my Lord, when we go back to our father and our youngest brother is not with us. My father will go down to the grave with his gray hair. How can we go home to our father if our youngest brother is not with us? I want you to ponder those questions. Plantation Church, the question is for you. Those of you who are watching online, the question is for you. How can I go home to my father if the young man is not with me for fear that I would see the tragedy that would overtake my elderly father? Here we find Judah. He proposed in his plea bargain, he proposed that he would be retained in Egypt for the rest of his life as a slave if only the governor would let Benjamin go home. Mm -hmm. Take me instead. Speaking about Jesus, one songwriter says, I gave my life for thee. What have thou given for me? I gave, I gave it all for thee. What have you given for me? Judah was willing at this point to give up himself as a substitute for his brother. 
And seeing the change in Judah, Joseph was able to bless them as God has intended to. Joseph was now able to disclose to them the full truth. Genesis 45 and verse 3 said, Joseph appeared to his brothers and he said, I am Joseph. I am the one that you thought was dead. I am the one that you sold into slavery. I am the one that went down with the Ishmaelites. I am Joseph. I am Joseph. Oh, church. Church. In the silence of this room, I want to share with you that in our own dealings with those who would exploit and those who have deceived us, we must tread carefully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We ought to be wise as serpents and innocent as a dove. Joseph exercised forgiveness. We as a church, we as individuals, we as a people must learn and practice forgiveness. I want to share with you that unforgiveness, I want you to know that bitterness, I want you to know that resentment and regrets when they languish over and over for the past, all those will hinder our growth, our spiritual growth. Hanging on to the past will prevent us from moving into the future. Hanging on to the past will prevent us from reaching our destiny. We must practice forgiveness. Unforgiveness keep us trapped on detours, on detours. You're going down the roads and you meet your brother, so you take a detour because you are not willing to forgive him. You are not yet ready to forgive him. That is what unforgiveness does. They weigh heavily on us, Pastor, causing our smiles to go downwards. Unforgiveness. Far too many of us, far too many people are failing to reach their destination because they are still hanging on to Feelings that are loaded down by the pain of the past. The pain of the past are hurting us. The weight of yesterday continues to weigh them down today, keeping them from moving freely into tomorrow. Nothing, and I want to say nothing, will hinder you arriving at your destiny like that thing called unforgiveness. Unforgiveness includes holding on to the past pain, past hurt, past grudges, the weightiness of regrets, of remorse and revenge. Unforgiveness is that one thing above all else that will block God's movements in your life. From taking you where you are to where you are supposed to be. Jesus said to the disciples in the book of Matthew in the Lord's Prayer, if you refuse to forgive, Neither your heavenly father can forgive you. 
And so when you pray, you say, forgive us this day as we forgive those who hurt us. And so if we refuse to forgive those who hurt us, God cannot forgive us. And so when you hang on to the weight of yesterday, you will hinder your progress of tomorrow. And so this morning, this afternoon, I want you to know that you must address the issue of forgiveness. If anyone had any reason whatsoever, if anyone had any right to, to be angry, Joseph did. He could be bitter against his brother, but Joseph chose another path. Joseph chose another approach. He chose a different perspective. And so if you and I want to be set free, we have to be looking at Joseph's approach. My friends, I want you to hear me clearly today. All of the planning that Joseph had done in his discussion with his brothers reached the culmination, allowing him to enter into a right relationship with his brothers. He calmed his brothers by pointing them to the work that God had intended for them. And so church, this morning, this afternoon, it may be your brother, it may be your sister, it may be your parents, it may be a family member, it may be a co-worker, or it may be a friend. It's time for healing to begin. It's time for reconciliation. And I want you to notice the importance of the interaction between Joseph and his brothers. The scene, the scene exposes the analytic of recompensation. Yes. It's about loyalty to a family member. Mm -hmm. A family member that is in need. Not just any family member, but a family member that is in need. And even when he or she looks what? Guilty. Even when she looks guilty, we must be giving glory to God by owning up to sin and its consequences. It must be overlooking favoritism and offering oneself to save another. Are you willing to offer oneself? Are you willing to demonstrate true love as Judah did? Are you willing to offer yourself as sacrifice? Are you willing to embrace that deep compassion, tender feelings, and forgiveness by talking to one another again? Plantation Church. When a dysfunctional family, when a dysfunctional church begin to forgive, begin to forgive and demonstrate true love by concrete acts of sacrifice, when we start to care again, when families start caring again, when husband and wife start caring again, when children start caring again, when they start talking again, when church member begins to embrace each other, we will become a light to the world. The world is watching us. And God is more able to bring the blessing to the world through deeply flawed people like Judah. We are deeply flawed, but God can bring blessing. But we must be willing to forgive. We must be willing to continue to repent of our sins. And so as I begin my journey towards closing this message today, Pastor, I have really traveled far to be here. I, I really traveled far to be here. 
Church members have traveled to be here. Yes, over 8,000 miles to be here. So I'm speaking to you today. I really want to speak to you today. Those of you who are listening online, I'm speaking to you today. And I want you to know that God coming is imminent. Mm-hmm. But how can you go home to your father if your younger brother is not with you? How can you go home to meet Jesus? The chariots are waiting. The angels are ready. But how can you go home if your youngest brother is not with you? Oh. Contrary to the values of society in which we are now living, now more than ever, there need to be leaders, Pastor. Leaders who are willing to offer themselves as sacrifice for the sins of others. Paul in the book of Romans says, I urge you brothers and sisters to, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies dedicating all of yourself, set apart your entire self, As what? A living sacrifice. Holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical service. Acts of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer. Do not be conformed to this world any longer. All of this world is just superficial values that are progressively changing every day. But we need to be renewed. Our minds need to be renewed. We need to refocus our attention on the coming of the King so that we may prove to ourselves what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. We must be willing to make the sacrifice, church. We must. In the book of Exodus, Moses shows when Israel sinned regarding the golden calf, he prayed, alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They have made themselves gods of gold in verse 32. But now if you will not forgive their sin, but blot me out of the book that you have written. Moses was ready to offer himself as a living sacrifice for the children of Israel. In 2 Samuel 24, David would show it when he saw the angel of the Lord in verse 17. When he saw the angel of the Lord striking down the people, he prayed, What have they done? Let your hand, I pray, be against me and against my father's house. Jesus showed it in John 10, verse 17 and 18. When Jesus says, for this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord for you and for me this afternoon. This afternoon, I say to you, Jesus is coming and he's calling his children home. Are you ready to make the sacrifice? Jesus was ready. Judah was ready. 
And so Judah is asking the question that you and I should be asking today. And so my question to you, wherever you are at this moment, you all have siblings. Mm -hmm. You all have family members. You all belong to a family. Outside of the church family, you all have family members. You all belong to a family. And so I have a question for you today. Every one of you, I have a question for you. But I want you to do an exercise, a little exercise. It's not a difficult exercise, very easy exercise, Pastor. We all can do it. I want you to look to your left, to your left. That's right. Look to your left. Okay, good, good, good. Now look to your right. Okay, now I want you to look before you. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Where is your brother? Where is your sister? Where are your siblings that are not in church with you? Where are your neighbors? Where are your co-workers? Where are your friends? Jesus is coming. The chariots are waiting. Are you ready to go home? Are you ready to go home? So, how can I see Jesus if my children are not with me? How can I see Jesus if my siblings are not with me? It's time to meet our Heavenly Father. We must adjust our priorities. We are longing to go home. We want to be on eternity shores. But this afternoon, we refuse to go without our brother. Judah was not going to leave Egypt and leave Benjamin behind. It's okay for Benjamin to go and I will stay. But I cannot go home to my father without my brother. Are you homesick for heaven? Today as I close, I close with the words of a favorite song of mine. It was written by Bobby Scott and Bob Russell. And it was sung by one of my favorite country singers, Neil Diamond. The words of the song says, the road is long with many a winding turn that leads to ooh, nowhere. But I am strong, strong enough to carry him. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. So on we go. On we go. His welfare is of my concern. No burden is he to bear. We will get there. We will get there. For I know he would not encumber me because he ain't heavy. He's my brother. And as I invite pastor to come and pray for you today, I want you to know that the songwriter continues by saying, if I'm laden at all, Elder Angela, if I'm laden at all this afternoon, I'm laden with sadness. Sadness that everyone's heart isn't filled with the gladness of love for one another. It's a long road. It's a long road. 
a road from which there is no return. And while we are on the way home, why not share? Why not care for your brothers? Because the road and the load doesn't weigh me down at all. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. She ain't heavy. She's my sister. She's my sister. Do you want to be there? Do you want to be on heaven's shore? Is there a desire to meet Jesus when the chariots come with King Jesus to bring all his brothers and all his saints from all ages home? Is that your desire? You might not have been talking to your brother, to your sister, to your siblings. You might not have talked for many years. Today is the time to make it right. If you want to see your father face. He's coming. Are you ready for Jesus to come? And so today, as we close, Pastor, I want you, if you have been burdened with a concern for a sibling, for a child, for your children who are not talking, and you want us to pray for you, you want pastor to pray for you, someone that you have not been talking with for a while, but you need that special prayer. I'm going to invite you to stand as pastor come as the as the music ministry sing for us. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you are in need of that special prayer, stand with us and let us pray for you this afternoon. And even now, may your Holy Spirit do his work and speak to our hearts. We confess that for some of us, our pride continues to stand in the way of us to saying, I'm sorry. Our pride continues to be that obstacle that, pre that is preventing us from reaching out to our sister to say I'm sorry oh Lord we pray in the name of Jesus that you will help us to swallow our pride in the name of Jesus you remove that obstacle today give us the, the spirit of humility and the courage to reach out and to be reconciled today we thank you for Elder Curtis we thank you, Lord, for the way in which you continue to use him to touch lives. We thank you for his safe passage here. We pray that you continue to be with him as he spend these few hours compared to eternity. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the honor and all the praise. 
because it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen and amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's Seven-Day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.